Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast of Word First Ministries. Tune in each week and join us as we pursue God's command to make disciples of all nations. Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast brought to you by Word First Ministries. I'm your host, Jacob O'Neill. And as always, I'm joined by my friends, Cameron and Bailey. Hey, hey. Bailey, pray us in, man. Of course. Uh, Father, thank you for the gospel work that you um, allow us to take part in. Um, we pray that just in today's conversation that we would um, feel more so uh, than we do now the burden of the gospel, just the need for the gospel to get out to people. Um, help us to recognize in our own lives the blessing that we have in um knowing that heaven awaits us after this life and help us to remember and have eyes to see that um, many of the people who call this same city home don't have that same assurance um, of salvation and that the gospel work that we're here for um, is specifically to address that problem um, so that they might have relationship with you and assurance and joy knowing what awaits them after this life. Lord, we love you. Please be with us in this time. Please work in our hearts. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, so something uh, maybe our viewers will be familiar with and anyone obviously following our Facebook page and our new prayer group Facebook mm-hmm. page um, is that we have a coffee cart. Yeah. Where we go and serve uh, coffee, freshly made coffee for my awesome wife who <laughs> loves to make coffee and is great at it. Mm-hmm. Um to the people of Oslo, yeah. uh, since you've been working with Zach and Jen, yeah. right? They're, I mean, Zach's your boss. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is the coffee cart? What's the story behind that? <laughs> and uh, what is it? Oh gosh, I'll do the short story. So it's a, it's a, it's an electric assisted bike with a big, I don't know, box. Like it's a mm-hmm. big. It's like mm-hmm. it's actually I think technically a tricycle, but there's a big box where you can take stuff. And the stuff that we take with us is coffee making equipment. So we have an espresso machine and a grinder, and we make. We, I, I don't mean, when I say we, I'm not including myself in actually the goodness of the making of the coffee, but we make actual proper good coffee. And the idea mm-hmm. is that we can show up in a place and post up and we can give coffee away for free as an excuse to talk to people and especially about the gospel, but to get to know our community. So what we're doing is serving and loving them by providing some excellent free uh, coffee and coffee drinks. But also we can talk to people about about life and important things and uh, and hopefully get to an opportunity to share the love and salvation of Jesus with them. Yeah. It's an evangelistic tool. It's an evangelistic tool. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love yeah. that idea. I, I, one of the struggles in um, preaching the gospel like with strangers, mm-hmm. right, is – how do you start the conversation? So you have to have a reason to talk to somebody, right? Yeah. It, one of the so the things we've seen people do is like video interviews. Like, hey, can I interview for this YouTube channel or this mm-hmm. television thing? We've done uh, evangelism with Laga, right? <laughs> right. Did that make sense? <laughs> Were you able to understand that? Laga. Mm-hmm. Um, where we've uh, talked to college students with surveys mm-hmm. for an event called Skeptics Week. Um, that's a way you can talk to people. I have done, it's it's really difficult, but it, it, you can do it. Just <laughs> randomly walk up to someone and it's like, hey, so where are you going when you die? Yeah. Uh, that's very difficult, but y- you need a reason to talk to someone. And I think that you know this coffee cart evangelism it, is awesome. It, we can be bold, we can be kind, and we can really... Uh, really just opened the door to awesome evangelistic conversations. You were in California mm. when we first busted it out. Mm. And we, as of recording this episode, 
we'll get to do it for the first time together uh, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. super, I'm super stoked. Yeah, it's be good. Yeah. Uh, so taking it out, uh, we took the coffee cart out a couple weeks ago to mm-hmm. an area called Grönland, mm-hmm. right? Grönland. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, the, you're going to be my resident Norwegian. That's good. That's like the one-eyed leading <laughs> uh, the blind. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your Norwegian cyclops. You got well, it. but I don't have Benta, Espen, Seaman, or yeah, yeah, yeah. here. We have any? Real, we don't have any real Norwegians. At least the one with their right name. Because yeah, because we're all the same. That's right. No, I, I didn't say that. That's your words. Yeah. Uh, took it out to a neighborhood called uh, Grönland for Grönland, the first yeah. time, and we got to have some really cool conversations. So yeah. I want to give you the floor to kind of share. You had a couple conversations, yeah. and just kind of talk about that experience yeah, and sure. what you talked about. So Grönland is a, a neighborhood in in Oslo with. Uh, Tons of Middle Eastern and Muslim immigrants, and that's that's sort of what this area is known for. And that's actually where our church uh, meets. Mm-hmm. So home church meets just down the street from where we did the for we did this coffee cart thing, and um, and yeah, so we posted up in I kind of don't know what to call it. It's not exactly a sidewalk. It's a place where people can sort of gather, but it's not a it's not a, a plaza. park. A pl- yeah, a plaza, something like that. Um, and so we post up there. We have permission uh, to do so and start making coffee and giving it away. And it's an opportunity to talk about people. So ask them, would you like to, would you like some free coffee? And then just engage them in conversation. Cause they always ask, why, why is this free? Free? Why? Right. And so you can answer that. Qu- there are lots of ways to answer that question. And you sort of gauge your answer based on th- that initial interaction. So I got right. to, I spent some time talking to a couple of men, uh, Martin and Martin. And um, they, they're Iranian and they've known each other for a very long time. And one of them considers himself a Christian, mm. but in a, in a, he's like, I'm, I'm baptized. I'm a Christian, but then kind of didn't really believe really any of the core doctrines or tenets. Um, mm. I think he calls himself a Christian in the sense that he is not a Muslim anymore and definitely uh, not an adherent of Muhammad. But what it means to be a Christian doesn't have much to do with, um, is like is unrelated to whether what the Bible has to say is true about anything. Yeah. And then his friend was very skeptical, just like mm. um, he's not a Muslim either. He's seen he's seen the way that the religion in Iran has um, gone together with some really awful stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. They left and they're in, in Norway now and glad to be here. Yeah. Um, so our conversation, I think, was good. I think. They, I think um, we got to talk about some thoughtful things. So, um, so Martin is an engineer, mm. and he goes, "You have to understand, I'm an engineer." I said, "Well, as an engineer, this should then you should love the right. like the universe." He's like, "I have a trouble with the science stuff, and I'm an engineer, and I want it. I want this my beliefs to make sense." I was like, "Well, then this is perfect for mm. you." And so we got to talk about some of the some of those kinds of things about the the um, evidence of design and care in the universe. I'm like, you know, I don't want to say too much. It's not an apologetic conversation necessarily, sure. but we got to say, look, like the, the point is not, we look out in the world and go, there's no other explanation. God, so God is the, is the stand in explanation. It's like, no, 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 because you're an engineer and because you are so familiar with the features of design and complexity and even teleology, like what is this thing supposed to do? And does it do it? Because you have that, mind and training mm-hmm. you should then you should look into the universe and it be clear that we have something like that going on here that it was designed for a purpose that it does something that it's 
that is complex, that is clearly um, that it's clearly designed for a purpose. Like you should be able to see that. That should really satisfy your engineer's mind. So um, I got to just encourage him, like study God's creation. You, you don't have to have two separate minds. Like you have your religious mind that you exercise when you're in church and you pretend like God exists. And I heard there's a, a fellow that I, I heard talk about that. He was an atheist who did a debate at a, a university in California. And he said that he goes, sometimes I go to church and I participate in all of these ways. And the Christian asked him, he said, so when you do that, like, do you believe it? And he goes, you know, I think for the moment I do, you know, when I'm, when I'm praying or I'm singing, I think for the moment I do. I mean, there's a sense in which I know none of it's real, but there's something really sort of deeply satisfying about participating in tradition like that. Like, no, don't do that. Mm. Um, You don't have to have two minds. You don't have to have a rational mind that, that believes in, um, say call it logical things right. then you have this religious mind that sort of you put all that in your pocket mm-hmm. and and you can feel it like it's when you put your wallet away right you know it's there when you sit on it but you, you can kind of pretend that it's not there it's not really a part of of what's happening right now and you can do your religious devotion stuff mm-hmm. but then you take your wallet back out once you're back outside uh, so i got to encourage him like um you don't have to think about living your life that way if this god stuff if this jesus stuff if this bible stuff is true then please go investigate the world and see what it see what it reveals to you. And please use all of your intellectual gifts that mm-hmm. that God has given you. Like put them to good use, understanding this place that God has made for us. And uh, then his friend Martin, I don't know how things went exactly exactly with him. Martin and I we've we've exchanged several text messages since, and he's a really kind, sweethearted mm-hmm. guy. Martin is. Uh, I was not going to say he's not like that, but he's a little bit more direct, a little more, I would Mm. say abrasive, but I don't mean abrasive like he's mean or rude, but he's sort of direct and to the point and, yeah, and sharp. And sure. I think he's been, I think he's been hurt. I think he has a bad idea of who God is and what God's like because he's seen the, he's seen the name and title God be marshaled to do, to commit all kinds of horrible Mm. things. Um, from obvious things like, you know, the government exists to make itself rich yeah. to really brutal oppression of people that is obviously horrifying and should have nothing like whatever you think God is like, however close like your conception of God is to truly what God is like, like God's name should never be, should never be used in service of of those sort of horrifying mm. ends. Mm. And it's something I, I should note Um that's specifically relevant to our context because mm-hmm. there are lots of people that we've talked to, members of our church, even home mm-hmm. church, who uh, immigrated from the Middle East, mm-hmm. you know, and, and have kind of been cycling around Europe, you know, most of their lives, gone yeah. to France and Greece and all these different countries and landed in Norway. Mm-hmm. Um, in Gunland, that is a, a area of the city with a very, very high Middle Eastern immigrant presence, mm-hmm. refugees, you know, seeking, you know, shelter from the yeah, war. And yeah, the they're finding some safety. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, you know, Norway is very generous and they have got a, you know, wide open, you know, theoretically like wide open doors for people yeah. to come in. And so we actually know a lot of people and yeah. talk to a lot of people like that. So we have a friend who's, who's a Syrian, uh, who he isn't, a, he's a Syrian. Yes. Go, not an Assyrian. He's, he's one of the Syrians. He's a Syrian. Yeah. But he was he was born in the United States. He speaks almost he speaks very little English. Mm. 
He was born in the United States, and so he has an American passport. And it was actually yeah. really hard for him to get to Norway. Mm-hmm. Much, much easier for his family who could get here, show up, and like that you fill out the paperwork in the airport, and you can be here as an mm-hmm. asylum seeker. So it's it's good that we have it's you know it's good that we have that, <laughs> and it affords us these kinds of conversations that probably yeah. we wouldn't have the opportunity to have in the United States. That's one of those ministry opportunities because yeah. we're not very far from Grönland. No, and they've got a no, very right very high. Very high, very high Middle Eastern presence and a very high Muslim presence as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely something we'll talk about. One of the conversations yeah. that I had yeah. that was very fruitful. And the and the Muslims here are evangelistic, very evangelistic, and they are they are persuading they're persuading Norwegians. I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, Zach tells me a story about a blonde haired Norwegian kid that he saw that he saw once with the with the beard and the and the relevant garb. And Zach, he's like, he's like I just had to ask him, like, man. You're Norwegian, are you a Muslim? And he's like, Well, yeah, I am now. He said, Well, yeah. tell me about that. And he told him a story about I had questions for I had questions about the spiritual stuff, and nobody at church really was willing to entertain them or engage with me. And my friend said, Come talk to my sheikh, and he will and he'll gladly talk. And, and they do. They they're super that's one of the things I really appreciate talking with Muslims. They're super glad to talk to you about uh, anything to do with God. And he said, Well, so I, I met the sheikh and he answered my questions. And Zach said something yeah. like, "Man, I'm, mm. I'm really, I'm really sad and really sorry that no, that the Christians wouldn't engage. Hey, if you still want to talk about this stuff, like let's grab coffee." And he goes, "No, he already answered my questions. That's why I'm a Muslim now." Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gosh, there's so much I want to talk. It's like even say mm, or like yeah. you know, and, and get into. And there. Well, that's interesting because it's, it's, it is definitely not culturally Islam is not culturally Norwegian. There right. is, I mean, there's a big clash. Oh yeah. Um, between Islam as a system and the Norwegian culture and the Norwegian temperament. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's one yeah. of the, <laughs> I kind of don't know what else to say about that, no, but no, that's no, one, of the, one yep. of the truths we live among. Well, it'll speak to like, uh, however much of that our ministry will be called to here. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely see it being a part of our ministry, however yeah. big or large. Um, it's definitely something we should definitely think about. Um, I want to get, uh, we'll definitely get you in on definitely some of the mm. topics of conversation that I was able to have at our coffee card. I spoke mm-hmm. to a Muslim named Muhammad. Mm. Um, most common name in the world. Yes, because of Islam, yeah. right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the most, a lot of Muslims, when they convert uh, to Islam, take adopt the name Muhammad, like Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. uh, interestingly enough. Uh, so I talked to a gentleman named Muhammad. He was from, um, where is he from? Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. He's not, he wasn't from the Middle East, somewhere in Africa, uh, Somalia. That's what it is. Yeah. He's from Somalia, a Somali Muslim, moved to uh, Norway, I believe about 15 years ago. And we uh, just got to talking at the coffee cart. So mm. one of the ways that we introduce deep conversation about topics of faith um, is we, we usually just like pose one question or something like that. One mm. kind of thought provoking, deep question, just kind of like hear what they have to say about it. Um and the question that we were mostly asking, at least I was just, you know, because mm. it worked, um, was where do you find hope? Yeah. Um, what was interesting was when Zach asked that question to a couple people, they were confused to what he, they were yeah. he was talking about. Yeah. Like, I got a couple of good answers and a couple of just, what? Like literally yeah. I asked them in Norwegian and they looked and I thought I was saying the words wrong. Right. Because they looked mm-hmm. at me like, what do you find? What do you find? Hope. That's what I thought too. Yeah, but that wasn't the case. Yeah. They were really just wondering, like, hope. Like, why would? Yeah. Why would that be a thing? You what go it, looking what for. What does that mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Very they weird. They thought I was yeah. saying the wrong word. They're like, does the homeboy know what he's asking? Hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that. Gosh, there's so much we could talk about yeah. there and the implications of that. But it, so I asked uh, Muhammad where he finds hope. He told me he was a Muslim. Um, and he was, you know, I find hope and cause I believe in God and I believe that, you know, uh, I, if I do enough good works, I can achieve salvation. Mm. And, um, I immediately like my, you know, question marks fly in my mind, like, okay, well, how do you know if you've done enough good works? Mm-hmm. And so we just kind of circled that question a little bit. We we're like, well, how do you know when you've done enough toward God, Allah mm-hmm. will not judge you? And his answer kind of then was, I mean, I don't know. And so uh, let's kind of compare that. I will, I'll get you on this uh, to kind of explain the Christian perspective just real quick, just to put it on the table against the <laughs> Muslim perspective. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, 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 Bailey, assurance of salvation, go. Yes, right. <laughs> there you go. You have a couple seconds to prepare while Jacob is. <laughs> That's what you do. You ask, you throw me on the spot all yeah, the time, yeah. man. I'm getting you back. Um, so in a Muslim system, right, we have to appease God. We have to do good works. First of all, we have to become a Muslim. We have to pray mm-hmm. five times a day. We have to do enough good works to where hopefully at the last day, Allah says, awesome, you're in. Like you mm-hmm. passed. And then other people, like if you're a Christian or an apostate Muslim or haven't done enough good works, Allah will say, nope, you, you failed the test. Mm-hmm. You're not in. That is uh, basically oil and water compared mm-hmm. to the you know Muslim and mm-hmm. Christian perspective. Why don't you lay the Christian perspective out on the table just so it frames how I entered this conversation with Muhammad? Yeah. Um, I, I think I'd just steal one of your lines for answering that. Um, Uh-oh. So how do we like have assurance of salvation or have knowledge or certainty that we're going to a place called heaven after this life? Um, I'd say because Jesus rose again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like the most foundational, like central um, thing that Christians ought to have um, as their like reason that um, they flock to for mm. their assurance. Um, and then there's, it's kind of like muddy because with Christian, like you hear the thing like Christianity is a relationship, not a religion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which is like, it's true. Um, <laughs> but so the, the moneyness that I'm talking about is like, because um, God invites us not just into a religion where we appease him mm-hmm. to keep us out of hell. Um, instead, he, um, offered a son for us and um, we simply have to believe in his work on mm-hmm. the cross and in his rising again. Um, like that grants us relationship with God. Um, there's a ton of other like reasons that come to mind when you're like, Hey, how do you know? Like you're going to heaven after right. this life. Mm-hmm. Like there's way more that comes to my mind than just um, Jesus rose again. And it is really relational. And it's like, well, I'm in Norway right now. Like I have so much like proof of um, like there's so much evidence in my mind for mm-hmm. why I know God is real and why I know um, yeah. I'm heaven bound. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like tons of evidence that comes from our relationships with God. But like the most central piece is Jesus was God in the flesh who came and fulfilled all the prophecy that, is talked about in the Old Testament. And um, he, yeah, all the things that were said to this will be done, 
like he fulfilled those things and mm-hmm. um, rose again and him rising again is just like, I don't know, in the not a super theologically correct way, but in like the colloquial way to say it, like proved he was God. Mm-hmm. He's like, right. hey, I'm God. Um, I wasn't just like, I'm not one of the many crazy guys throughout history who said, I'm God and I can do miracles, but really I was just doing magic or even it could be legitimate miracles that mm-hmm. were, you know, brought on by um, spiritual forces other than God. Mm-hmm. Um, so just whatever it was, like Jesus stands uniquely as the only person in history who we Christians look at and realize like this guy truly was God yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. made good on his promises, particularly his promise to do an impossible thing and come back from the dead. Um, yeah. So, well, and that's at I the bottom of that, that is Jacob, you said that the gospel and the Islamic cult system mm-hmm. um, are oil and water and that's it. Right. So on Islam, you have to, you have to appease God mm-hmm. and you'll never know if you've done it. Right. But the gospel is you don't have to appease God, which mm-hmm. is good news because you can't possibly, yeah. you can't possibly appease God. The reason that's good news is because Jesus could and did and did so on your behalf. So what you receive then is a gift of God, not the merit of your own work. Mm. And you can see how if it's the merit of your own work, how could you be anything but yeah. eternally anxious about that? Yeah. Especially if you if you never know, mm-hmm. right? If there's, if there's not a goal, right? Right. you need to do this many things this often. You can see... Uh, why am I looking at my watch? That's not how you yeah. track a goal. Maybe I'm counting my steps. You count it by the nine thousand nine thousand nine hundred nine. Right, right. There you and go. you count you count your steps. And you know that if you've accomplished your goal, uh, there isn't that. There's just a, a hope hope that you've done enough. And it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine having a relationship with God that, yeah, that where where that is what the reality is. It's because mm. it, they don't view it in terms of relationship. No, Islam yeah. as a word, we know we learned. What it meant, I learned what it meant recently. I had no idea. The word Islam means submission, mm. right? Because so that's how the relationship or the yeah the transactional this kind of nature of this whole thing, like Islam is viewed through that lens. Mm. It starts with submission yeah. and it continues that way. And well, you never know when you've submitted enough. Right. And mm. in Islam, you can't you can't get to God. You don't have access. Yeah. There there is no communication. So prayer is a is a different thing than it is in a Christian conception. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so let me get into how I kind of approached this um, because uh, he was a really, really nice guy and he wanted to kind of go deeper with me. We'd had, we connected, we enjoyed each other's company. We enjoyed, he enjoyed free coffee and I enjoyed the cold. Um, <laughs> and so we enjoyed each other's company and he, uh, he he's like, hey, it, I got to go around the corner. My mosque is just right around the corner. I got to go pray for today because it was Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you want to come with me and I'll give you a free copy of the Quran in English? And I'm like, heck yeah, I do. And so I, we walked, he walked me around the corner to his mosque, to this, um, uh, you know, uh, Muslim bookshop that's like right on the side of the mosque, walks out with a free copy of the Quran in English and mm. gives it to me. And he's like, go ahead and read this and it, it'll be good for you. Like read it. And I was very thankful because I had actually, I never owned a copy of the Quran before mm. and I've read uh, several parts of it, but I'm happy now that I have my own because uh, I, lo- I just have to have physical books <laughs> in front of me, which is why the bookshelves are a bigger blessing than most people will ever understand. <laughs> so uh, I was like, this is awesome, Mohammed. This is, was very kind of you. 
can I give you something mm. to read as well? And I'll read this and mm. you read this and then we'll talk about it. I'll meet yeah. you for coffee and we'll talk about it. They gave him the gospel of John, uh, at least on his phone. I pulled mm-hmm. up the gospel of John mm-hmm. for him and was like, if you read this, I'll read this, the Quran, and we'll get together and discuss it. So uh, I did. I didn't read the whole Quran, but I read, uh, you know, several parts of it, several chapters of it. And um, I texted him one day. I was terrified to do so not because of any irrational fear but just kind of this like how do i even like talk to this guy like he Mm. will we'll have to see like because it's it's nerve-wracking sharing the gospel like every now and then this is not something i talk about very often um because i have a reputation for just being passionate about evangelism but every time like i i stand and like i'm getting ready to go evangelize like i'm terrified my heart is just like mm. why it's awkward how am i going to start the conversation how am i going to talk to people like are they going to listen to me are they going to get mad at me how are they going to bring up an argument i don't know the answer to like all of the anxieties that people normally have when they evangelize mm-hmm. what you got to do this is my legitimate advice to people two things let your love outweigh your fear and let your boldness outweigh your fear love the people you're evangelizing to because if they don't repent of their sin and put their faith in Jesus, they will spend eternity apart from them. You need to love the person you're talking to more than you love your own comfort and your own fear and be bold. You need the Holy Spirit to evangelize and be bold. This is going to be a sermon on evangelism. Here in a second. You need the Holy Spirit to evangelize. If you don't pray before you evangelize, if you don't call on God's help as you evangelize, you will fail. You need the you need the Holy Spirit when you evangelize. I cannot emphasize that enough. That'll be at least two chapters of my book. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I I meet him. I text him up and I said, "Hey, I've been reading some of this Quran. Um, I want to meet for coffee and talk about some things in it." And uh, we meet at Starbucks in uh, Glenland, right next to mm-hmm. uh, where we had the coffee cart, and um, we sit down and we're talking about the Gospel of John and the Quran. And one thing you need to know when you're evangelizing to a Muslim is that they believe Jesus is a prophet. Mm-hmm. And so they believe that uh, he kept telling me several times, he's like, you know, it, you can't be a Muslim and not believe in Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. We believe in Jesus. We believe he was a prophet. He was uh, one of Muhammad's greatest prophets. He was born of a virgin, but we don't believe mm-hmm. he was God. We don't believe he died on the cross and we don't believe he rose from the dead. We mm-hmm. believe, um, uh, I, uh, yeah, I believe he, they, he either died a natural death or was assumed into heaven. I don't really know mm-hmm. what the backstory is on that. And so I was like, yeah, that's great. I got a couple questions <laughs> about what the mm-hmm. Quran says about Jesus. So the Quran says to actually look at what the Bible says about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he asked me a question that many people have heard when they're talking to Muslims and talking about apologetics with Muslims is where does Jesus say in the New Testament, the Gospel of John, the whole New Testament, I am God, worship me, mm-hmm. right? We have a fun interaction where we receive, <laughs> yeah. where we hear that too. Yeah. Why don't you just briefly lay the framework for well, that? Well, I mean, it was a couple of years ago we were evangelizing yeah. in, in Bergen when we were here for a short-term trip. And you got that question. We were at a, a college campus in Bergen. And a young man uh, called Hussein asked you that question. Where does the Bible say? Where where does Jesus say, I am God, worship me? Right. And you heard him at, there were two other young ladies that we were evangelizing with. And... Um, you heard you like you heard him ask them right. that question, and you like and you dove in and and, and you you opened. <laughs> Thank up you for making it that epic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you got to talk to him for a while, and then I a little while later joined you, and the three of us had an interesting conversation. Um, 
but I got to talk to him. Like you, you went, I appreciate you went straight to the scriptures right? and straight to the scriptures and said, well, here's what the scriptures have to say. So I'm sure you had a similar answer like that with, uh, with Muhammad. Right. Uh, well, this is a very central point, not just for Christianity. I love like, that was the first thing you went to, like, cause Jesus rose from the dead and mm-hmm. that proves he's God. Mm-hmm. Like, that's exactly like the colloquial way. That's exactly how I would say it. Like mm-hmm. I, I've said that several times and yeah, that's how you put it is that because he rose from the dead, that means he is God. That's not the text I showed him. I showed him where he says, I am the father of one and the Jews pick up stones to stone him. Mm-hmm. I've showed him where he says, uh, um, and they stone him for claim a mere man claiming to be God. <laughs> yes. Mm. <laughs> And so I tell him, I was like, but they say, we are stoning you because you, a mere man claim to be God. Yeah, literally their exact yeah. word. And, and, so, <laughs> and so I tell him, I was like, listen, Muhammad, like, help me understand. Like Jesus is a prophet. You and I both agree that Jesus is a prophet. Right. And, and the, the prophet said, unless you believe that I am, unless you believe mm-hmm. that I'm God, uh, you will die in your sins is what he said. And I think just, this kind of just speaks to like uh, in a, an evangelistic methodology that just places the center completely on Jesus mm. because he was a Muslim that made it a little easier Yeah, because with a Muslim, the central issue for them is who Jesus is. Yeah. They cannot and will not claim that Jesus is God to convert to Islam. Mm. You have to deny the Trinity yeah. by affirming what's called Unitarianism, which just says that, uh, Jesus isn't God. The Holy Spirit isn't God. There's no other God except for just the one person in God. Yeah. yeah, That's how you become a Muslim. And so it's a central specific issue for them. Um, and for us, that's where we place our hope. And uh, one of the things I was telling him was that I think, and I just told him straight up, I was like, where the rub meets the road for me with you, Muhammad, is that I don't think right now you have hope and assurance of salvation. Mm. I don't think that you'd know if you died right now that you, you would go to heaven I, I, or, or whether you would go to hell. Like you have no certainty, no assurance. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a problem for you. Mm. And um, we want, uh, let's talk about uh, just real quick, the kind of assurance that the faith in Christ affords for us, whoever mm. wants to take that ball. I know we could talk about that for <laughs> hours, but by contrast to that, by contrast to that kind of anxiety driven, you know, kind of state that I believe my friend Muhammad is in, uh, what is the, what's the contrast that the assurance that we have in Christ offers us? It's you, Bailey. Uh, yeah. You gotta go. <laughs> um, yeah. And I was talking about this question actually with Daniel, um, a week or two ago. And, um, just like, I don't know, was sitting in, like the, or I don't know, stewing in um, the sweet gift that the assurance that we have of salvation in Jesus um, is, and just like how much we overlook that, uh, like in our daily lives as Christians. Like I think we um, obviously, well, me for one, um, but every single Christian in the world um, doesn't, take enough time every day to just appreciate what that assurance is in their lives. Um, And realistically, it's like this grand privilege that we um, have where everyone who isn't um, a follower of Jesus um, doesn't have this sure um, 
hope for what comes after this life. And like, so I remember before I was a Christian, um, just that question plagued me and it was just terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, I told, I think I told you guys a story about like, I heard about reincarnation and I would just, yes. I, as a 10 year old or whatever, I was willing to believe that reincarnation was a thing <laughs> just cause I heard about it. Like yeah. didn't hear oh, any nice. evidence, but I was like, Sweet. when I die, like I, I could come back as a different person and I won't even remember me. Like how tragic will that be? Mm-hmm. So just like even cause I'm awesome. Yeah. But, so, <laughs> you are. But, um, even if my, even if the burden wasn't like nothing happens after uh, death, um, there was still like anxiety, even in other uh, ideas that are proposed by other religions and stuff like yeah. that. So even in reincarnation, I was like, it's so tragic. I won't mm-hmm. know who Bailey was. Like mm-hmm. I'll be this person living a life without knowing who Bailey was, which I don't have any idea what any reincarnation theology actually looks like. <laughs> that was my 10 year old version of it. Yeah. Um, but just that to say, like the um, for Christians, we enjoy this privilege of suddenly afterlife isn't a um, worry for us, and it's not an anxiety thing. So it can like disappear in the background as a thing that we appreciate. But like, so I was talking with Daniel about this, and just talking about the lyrics of the song "Blessed Assurance" and how mm. perfectly that sums up like this thing that we have that like we can't uh, accurately. Um, give enough honor to um, and just like I pointed out all the windows that were around us for all the apartments because um, we were moving my stuff from old apartment to new mm-hmm. apartment and just pointed out like all the windows and was like dude the most of the people through these windows don't have this privilege that you and I have like we are certain what happens to us after this life mm-hmm. um, and like what an honor and a joy and a privilege that is but like what a tragedy it is that um, every one of these windows is burdened with the anxiety of not knowing what comes after this life or what the point of this life or any of the questions mm-hmm. of life. All the existential questions, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and just, yeah, so uh, I don't remember where in the conversation that was meant to go, but just all that to say, like, it's so, like, yeah. we ought to be so thankful for the assurance that we have because of Christ. Um, and it's unique for Christians um, that we can actually have that. Um, and it's so essential that we get that news out. Yeah. Well, I mean, it all centers around just like the means of our salvation mm. is grace. Mm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like there's no, uh, the, the fact that this, my relationship with God, let my submission to God is not out of this like, okay, God, I need to make you happy, mm. right? Because Cam, as you were saying earlier, you know, you can't. Yeah. You know, there's mm. nothing that we can do to earn God's salvation is completely by grace. Mm. And that is such like a huge burden. Mm. It's like a gift <laughs> from a faithful God who never fails. Mm-hmm. And so you realize that your salvation just just doesn't depend on you. Right. It just, it doesn't. Um so what that like how that works itself out in in faithful obedience and allegiance and loyalty to Jesus is uh, an important and interesting question. But what's at bottom is not that you have to do the things to earn it. Mm-hmm. You just have to do the things to receive it. Right, which is repenting of sin and putting faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's such a huge. The, the reason we have assurance of salvation just to put it in one sentence, is because it depends completely on God mm. and not on us. 
I think there's a Bible verse that says it depends not on human will or exertion, mm-hmm. but on God who gives grace, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that that is really just where the rub meets the road, not just with uh, any Muslim folks we might talk to, but maybe a functional atheist who lives in Oslo, right? Mm-hmm. To maybe a Buddhist who's trying to meditate and reach nirvana, to maybe um, uh, someone who has joined any kind of religious system just to kind of be like, you know, I submit to a higher ideal and I submit to bettering myself. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just really interesting. Uh, having that conversation with Muhammad was really awesome. Having that afforded to me by the coffee cart uh, mm-hmm. was uh, really life-changing. And what's awesome, and this is really uh, what I consider really successful, is that he wants to continue the relationship, yeah, right? Good. So we're now have, have an actual friendship with someone. He wants to take me and Motown out to lunch again. Mm, yeah, he told yeah. me, this is our conversation ended this way. Uh, I'd let him have the second to last word because I had to. Um, <laughs> he said to me, he's like, well, Jacob, I mean, I just want you to become a Muslim. Like, mm-hmm. that's why I'm here. That's why I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I get it. I know you want me to become a Muslim. I want you to become a Christian, is what I told him. <laughs> and I said, before I leave, uh, can we just share the, can I just share the gospel with you just one more time? Mm-hmm. And I said, if there's anything I want you to know, I want you to know this, Muhammad. And if there's anybody watching here, I want you to know this, right? Here we go. This is going to be another sermon. Thank mm-hmm. you guys for letting me have two sermons. <laughs> that's good. We have three, you have two and a half minutes. Too. That's okay. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. Because with God, all things are possible. Oh, good. So, because <laughs> that's what that means. Yeah. Uh, so if there's anything I wanted Muhammad to know, I wanted him to know two things. I wanted him to know that today he could know that Christ was not just a prophet, was not just a good man, was not just was not a messenger of Allah, but was God in the flesh. That's the words of the prophet Jesus himself mm-hmm. saying that he is God, saying that he is the I am, that he took your punishment, Muhammad, my punishment, Bailey's cams, the whole world's punishment for their sin and rebellion upon himself on the cross so that we could have eternal life, so that our debt could be paid for. The punishment that we deserve is completely paid for by Christ. Mm -hmm. And three days after he died, rose from the dead to offer us eternal life today. Mm -hmm. And if we put faith in Christ and repent of our sin, we can know for certainty that we have eternal life Mm -hmm. because it depends completely on the work of Christ. And he was like, all right, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and so, uh, and we'll speak to this real quick, just as we close out the episode. You know, we know that uh, we've talked a lot about how do we evangelize in this context, right? Um, I really think that with this coffee car, with you talking to Martin, right? It was Martin? Martin and Martin. Who, who have you been texting? Martin. Martin. Right, Martin. And me with Mohammed and with you, with Bjorn, who you'll talk to tomorrow. Mm. I'm prophesying right now. Um, <laughs> And we know what happens if it doesn't happen. Um, They're affording us these opportunities that I think are like really successful, that we can build these real relationships with people that we actually care about, Mm -hmm. people that are actually our friends, that we're having deep, real conversations with, not hiding our Christian identity, Mm. but opening doors to like let the Holy Spirit work, preaching the gospel to them, like, as it happens through the course of everyday life. And I mean, I would say, I mean, I'm just kind of talking for the whole ministry right here. That's a very, uh, it's so far has been very successful for us. I would yeah. say so. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, I think it's a wonderful thing. I'm really, I'm really glad it's a, it's a lot of work. 
Mm. It takes a lot of work to get the stuff there and back and clean and ready and prepped and supplied and all of that. Um, praise Zach and Jen for managing that. <laughs> um, right. But I think having having an excuse, having a reason to engage people and share with them some coffee and some life, and I think a, mo- a much more natural way than uh, holding a picket or, ju- or just accosting them or even mm, right. uh, I think the surveys are pretty good but even just like giving someone a survey while they're trying to enjoy their lunch you have you get to invite people to receive some love in the form of free coffee and an opportunity to to talk and share life I think it's wonderful right and it's been awesome so everybody thank you for watching please keep praying for us as we go out and do this coffee cart thing hopefully mm-hmm. once a week at least a couple times a month yeah. uh, as we need boldness and we need love and we need love to outweigh our fear and our boldness to outweigh our fear and the holy spirit's help to go ask people deep and meaningful questions and build these relationships so we can see people get saved and get baptized and please keep praying for uh martin and martin martin i've i've asked him how to pronounce it like eight times and i can't mm. i still can't do it and muhammad um because that'd be awesome if we end up baptizing muhammad very soon yeah so, praise god i was still praying for that we know he can do it and so pray for me pray for cam pray for bailey the rest of the word first team as we go and yeah. evangelize with our new coffee cart excellent and thank you for watching and we'll see you again next week Thank you so much for listening to Word First Radio. If you like the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. If you want to learn more about Word First and how you can support the ministry spiritually and financially, check us out at wordfirst.us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Word First Radio, and we'll see you again next week. God bless.